0: to Random Gaming Talk. It is an Entertainment Talks Podcast 4 of Video Games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co host is Robert. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good. A little tired from being on the road last week, but on that, I'm okay.
0: Cool. Nice. Uh, so, what have you been playing uh, within the last week?
1: Well, I didn't get a chance to do a whole lot of gaming. I did get a little bit more of uh, uh, Final Fantasy 11. Um, fun game. Very, very weird. Do you mean at times. Dragon Quest XI? Sorry, Dragon yeah, Quest 11. Really that, that's how tired I really. am. I, my brain doesn't work. But, uh, um, but yeah. Uh, like, I sent you that video because it's it's weird in spots. So I was doing one battle, and then one of my characters in the party got hit with, like, a debuff or, like, being, uh, confused or whatever. Okay. And the character was just dancing. It was mm-hmm. just, like, busted a move, and it was very, very weird. So, um,. But I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's it's cool that they're doing something very odd on that. But uh, still, that kind of try, you know, that try kind of you know uh, got me by surprise. So, mm-hmm. um, and I play a little. I've been doing a little bit more of a Kingdom Come Deliverance. You know, I'm still working on that. I'd like to finish it on a story perspective. You know, hopefully soon. Probably. Uh, um, you know, I'm definitely gonna do it before I can try to pick up a next big big game because any next big big game I'm gonna do is probably gonna take up most, if not all, of my time. Uh, but other than that, I really haven't had a chance to play a whole lot of games.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, so I got a PlayStation Classic. Um, when did I get it? It was some point last week. I can't remember what day it was. Um, yeah, before like last weekend. So um, actually, it was Friday. I think that I got it because I definitely had it by the weekend. So. um but yeah i basically traded in my copy of zelda because i'm probably not going to go back to the game and it was worth money which i put towards something i am going to be using so uh that was why i did all that um so basically i only paid 10 pound for the the system itself i have paid another 10 pound for a usb stick which is actually um a lot bigger than what i apparently needed but It means I can put more games on it and stuff. I haven't worked out how to do that side of things yet. I spent about an hour looking around how to do that. But there's all these different files and stuff and things like that. Um, But the file minus the USB stuff. um, I mean the system, sorry. Minus the USB stuff. um, Still pretty good. I mean, like, a lot of people said, oh, it's bland. There's no music. There's no themes and stuff. But I pretty much just load the system, click on my game, and I, I just sort of go in. It's not slow or anything. I'm not noticing anything loading too slowly. Um, I played and finished uh, Metal Gear Solid, the first one. Um, The one thing I do have done though, um, which I think I actually mentioned before, was I've got an adapter for the controllers and stuff, because when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I used my PS4 controller uh, on the Switch with with the dock and stuff, and obviously when I took it out, I used the Joy-Cons with the uh, grip thing that I've got. Uh, But you're able to basically um plug that in the because it's usb sockets that you have for the controller sockets and you basically plug in um the thing to the first controller socket and uh you yeah you, you press the button for like a few seconds until it blinks and then you press the share thing for your playstation controller um like you do the sync thing and then it's all it will vibrate uh and then it will be connected um the one kind of thing is obviously like with, you know, where I'm moving Snake in 360 degrees, he's not quite moving that way, because the controls within the game don't allow him to necessarily walk freely. It's more sort of in stuck directions, if if you want to kind of call it that. Um, you can walk him in, like, diagonal uh, directions and stuff, but not as freely as, like, jumping around in Uncharted or something like that. Uh, game's really, really good. I'm probably going to do uh, a review for it at some point. Because I have way more thoughts than what I'm going to be able to give on this podcast, anyway. Um, The game's pretty long; the ending's quite long for it. Um, But once you, like, honestly, once you get used to the old look and definitely the the older controls, because games just didn't really play quite so sort of freely as what they do now. Uh, Once I got used to all that and used to like, okay, the controls and the shooting mechanics and uh, how kind of awkward it can be to shoot. Once I got used to all that and the story started to kick off. Uh, and then I remembered, yeah, Metal Gear Solid, it's a Kojima game, there's going to be some weird stuff in here. Uh, once I got sort of into all that, I just really enjoyed it and I just carried on going. Um, it took me a few days to complete, well not a few days, it took me like four four days or so to complete. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, because at, at some points when I was using like the night vision goggles and that sort of stuff, I actually thought like, oh, I'm playing Splinter Cell. Because it literally looked and felt like that at some points. Because uh, you're walk around, walking around as this guy in like this spec ops kind of suit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I've got my night vision goggles out. I've got the um, suppressed pistol and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it made me really think of uh, Splinter Cell at certain points. And then something weird would come up. And I'd be like, oh yeah, Metal Gear, Kojima, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a shame to sort of look at how things are now. And then see like, yeah, Konami and then... Kojima just names on this game as if they you know worked and nothing went wrong and that sort of stuff but uh yeah a, a little bit strange to, to go back in in that sort of way but um I mean they obviously worked well together with the first five game or first four and a half I suppose games so that went well in that sort of situation but um I'm quite intrigued with like all the other Metal Gear games and stuff and there's the HD collection of two three and one of the other ones on ps3 which i've added to my rental list um i've also added the xbox 360 version just in case i have to wait a long time for the ps3 one um and then i've added uh it looks like metal gear solid was a actual ps3 game um so i added the fourth one as well to, to my list so i can go through two three and four uh there's all little like um, PSP games and there's some like other games and stuff. I'm not as interested in playing like I guess the spin-offs or whatever those are. Uh, I'm just gonna go through like the main line of the series. But um, yeah, pretty uh, got, got really quite into it and I was quite impressed. What's your sort of history with uh, Metal Gear Solid?
1: Uh, pretty much none. Never really played the game.
0: No. What about um like some of the older ones and, and that sort of thing?
1: No. I mean, I played a little bit of not 4, I, I want to say 3 when I was had a roommate that had a PS2. Do
0: you remember it was called? No, I, I, I think... just
1: remember the only thing that I remember is getting really, really annoyed because I'd move <laughs> 10 feet and then have a you know 2 minute cutscene and then i move another 20 feet and then have another 2 minute cutscene and then yeah. move, new, move another 35 feet and then have another 2 minute cutscene and just like am I not supposed to actually play <laughs> playing a game? And yeah. I just turned it off.
0: Mm -hmm. um it it wasn't quite that bad with like the first one i remember with the fifth one there was a fairly like okay you'd play some gameplay and then there'd be like a really long cutscene. um towards the end of the first one it gets a little bit worse with that but some some of it's more i mean because they had the old um i can't remember what they call them uh i'll I'll call them walkie talkies but some sort of codec thing or whatever you talk on and you'd see snake's face on the right and then whoever t- faces talk- you're talking to on the left... And you'd have a conversation about some stuff... Um, and that would be kind of their like conversation cutscenes... Because obviously these characters are in different places... And they're sort of radioing back and forth... Uh, so that was kind of cool to see... And I, I remembered that as well from the uh, early PS1 days and stuff... Um, I always remem- remembered the beginning of the game... Uh, where you-, you get out of the water... And uh, you have these big sort of um, box things in front of you... And there's always this pipe in front of you and I remember the game it it almost put it there intentionally to give you like the tutorial thing of here's how you uh, lay down and, and sort of crawl forward so you can crawl under the thing and then you would go from there so uh, yeah I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, I have got uh, Hyrule Warriors the <coughs> the uh, definitive edition so I'm going to be trying that at some point because uh, I said I was going to be adding that and, and trying that out at some point so I'm going to be doing that uh, I did also start in Justice but I found the gameplay to be a little bit lackluster so what i've actually decided to do is i've got a a youtube video loaded up of the cutscenes. so i'm going to basically watch it as like a dc film (laughs) so uh that should be pretty fun to to continue to do uh and that's pretty much what i'm going to be doing going forward um yeah i just need to work out what to do with this playstation classic so we'll see what happens with that um let's take a quick break go into some housekeeping and then we'll go into some news we'll see in a minute. Today's sponsor is Koalu. If you would like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody if you would like to get the ad free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, if you... uh, I can't remember why. There was a particular podcast we did last week where I didn't quite mention everything that we did. uh, So I'll try and remember as much as possible. Uh, there was an episode podcasting I did last week talking about bad AAA video games and why we shouldn't accept them because they're bad and there's more there's more specific reasons in the podcast as to why uh, I received some very uh, interesting and sort of thought-provoking feedback about that and I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a second part to the episode. Uh, somebody wrote in and wrote in basically a different perspective so I'm going to be uh, taking that. Um, I'm, I've told the person I'm going to be doing it and they said it's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm going to be basically using the other perspective and then doing a part two for that uh flash and arrow we've got a new podcast out for those as well for their fifth and seventh seasons um what else are we doing Star Trek discovery still continuing for season two it's got two episodes left it will conclude next week um which will be uh, the same week that game of thrones starts um and of course we're doing a podcast for game of thrones as well uh the preview podcast is out there it would have come out today uh, but we decided to, I mean we didn't have an episode that we needed to watch so we could, We were able to do it slightly earlier. Um, we did it on a Friday and basically we did a preview podcast, death predictions, what we think is going to happen, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's the first time we've ever done a final season preview podcast so that was quite interesting to sort of jump in and do that as well. Um, yeah, if, if you want to check that out you can either go to, if you open the menu on the website, uh, you can click on the podcast drop down menu and click on Game of Thrones. Uh, You can also, in the same tab, click on the iTunes feed post. There is the iOS and Android links in there. Uh, If you want to go to the podcast on your Android or iOS uh, podcast app, You can search for Entertainment Talk or you can search for Reviewing Westeros as well. Uh, If you need any help in order to subscribe to the podcast, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's the contact page as well. Uh, So if you want to get in contact, I'm sure I'll be able to help you and uh, send you the link for the Game of Thrones podcast and any of the others that you might want to subscribe to as well. Um, But it's going to be a very, very big show. There's already plenty of talk about it, uh, which has started up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, me and David are really, really excited. It's six episodes. And um, yeah, there's only five, well, four days if you're in the US, five days if you're in the UK. Uh, but you can actually watch it at the same time. So uh, that's handy from the Sky side of things. Uh, but Reviewing Westeros will be doing it on Wednesdays. Uh, basically, it will be just be replacing... Uh, The Walking Dead for the Monday Wednesday slot Uh, Speaking of The Walking Dead Last week we wrapped up season 9 For AMC's The Walking Dead uh, And we will be continuing for season 10 We're kind of oddly excited by the end of the season So uh, that's a different side of things To where we were going to start from um but yeah that's the walking dead and game of thrones for the seasons um i don't think there's anything else that we we uh i've I've forgotten that we're covering at the moment obviously gaming talk uh there's two video game reviews that are coming out this week one of them is already out uh the first one's for legends of zelda breath of the wild so if you want more thoughts on zelda and stuff the podcast is out there Uh, and then tomorrow at around 7 p.m uh, I'm going to be releasing my review for Astrobot, the, the PSVR game. So that should be pretty cool as well. But that's what we're doing on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move into some news. <laughs> What would you like to talk about today, Robert? Well, Probably the
1: biggest news, the drop dropped uh, earlier today. Uh, PlayStation announced that uh, starting today, they're going to be rolling out changes to your PSN ID. Mm. Uh, According to the article that I got here, the initial change is free. Any change after that is $9.99 American per change. Uh, if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, they will cut that fee in half, so I'm assuming whatever the equivalent is in the UK pounds is going to be the same. They did note that, the, that your old ID won't be recirculated. So if you ever want to go back to an old ID for whatever reason you feel nostalgic to be Bong Ripper 420, again, you can be that. Uh, Sony did say that mo- most... Games published after April 1st, 2018, should be compatible with the changing username feature, allowing you to keep your progress, save game, and purchases. Some games, are, however, have already been noted to having issues uh, with the change itself. The article actually has a list of uh, compatible games, which I find utterly hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me. It will be limited. The change of three to sixteen characters. Letters, numbers, hyphens, and underscores are allowed. And also, the name must be compliant with uh, Tony's ter- uh, Sony's terms of service and code of community conduct, which I'm sure has been updated since people right. uh, re- initially created that username.
0: Mm-hmm. So, they've said about like games that might be affected. Am I correct in guessing? Because I've heard that Little Big Planet, one of them, uh, is one of the games that's affected. I'm guessing that if you, let's say, because I've never played Little Big Planet, right? Let's say I go and get the game and I, I change my name and then I start the game. I'm assuming it won't be affected at all because I've changed my name before. However, if I, I'm guessing that if I've already got like save data or DLC for skins or whatever that game has. Um, I'm guessing if I've already got that stuff and maybe some trophies or something and then change my name and then go back and play it, that there might be issues then. Because why would there be issues after the name change? Before I've started the game, do you get what I mean?
1: Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. And the whole thing is utterly ridiculous. I'm on it if, is. I'm, yeah. at, I'm on PlayStation's website, and they actually have three categories. They have games with no known issues, games with issues identified, and games with criticals critical issues. With critical issues being listed as user may lose in-game currency, whether paid for or earned. Loss of game progress, including scores and progress towards trophy unlocking. Loss of UGC or parts of the game may not function properly, both online and offline. Which I don't know what uh, UGC is, but uh, the I, fact I that changing that. the fact that changing your username actually causes it. And of uh, the critical list right here, Little Big Planet Three is listed with critical issues.
0: Yeah, that's the one that I yeah was kind of. Alluding to, I couldn't remember which one it was, but it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm assuming, let's say you change your name, yeah, and then you finish, let's say you're playing a, a game at the moment, just like you're not bouncing between like five different games, you're just playing one. You change your name, you finish that game, and then every single game you play from now on is a brand new game. Well, I don't mean a, and like a brand new save, like a your first start on a game. I don't see a reason that that would be affected. So, um, I mean, what what are some of the games that they got listed with, like, problems and stuff?
1: Uh, mostly online heavy games. Let me uh, pull the list back up here.
0: Okay. Um, but, yeah, like, if, if you're one of the people that, like, you finish a game, you're done with it, and you won't go back then it's never going to affect that game. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. So,
1: Oh, there's no excuses, and it's utterly idiotic yeah. the fact that uh, just simply changing your username makes the game not work anymore. That, that you know, as a tech-slash-nerd kind of guy, that makes me really curious as to how they actually set up the back end on the PlayStation Network. It would explain why it's constantly crashing if something as simple as changing your name is going to screw up games. Then yeah, you know there's m- more issues than that. Uh, the full official list as of our recording at 5:25 uh, p.m. Eastern American time for uh, April 10th is Disc Jam.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I
1: wanted to, to be accurate there. Disc right. Jam, Everybody's Golf, Just Dance 2017, Little Big Planet 3, MLB 14: The Show, MLB 15: The Show, MLB 16: The Show. Onrush, The Golf Club Two, and Worms Battleground.
0: Okay, right, um, but yeah, it. I mean, it is strange because, like, I I don't quite understand how you said you should essentially just have like a text box where you go in there, you press square to delete or something. That's usually the delete button for text, I think. You press an old square until it erases. You type in your new name. You press OK and you press save. It should really just be. As simple as that because there's not a single service I can think of like even outside of gaming Something like Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, Any any service that you use where you have like a username Or something um, I can't think of a single one where you can't just like go in And just change Your profile name for example It's um, mm-hmm. like with Twitter I'm pretty sure I can go in and edit like eTalk UK To change it or whatever I wouldn't do that because the name is completely fine Um but like with Xbox, I know you have to pay, but you can still go in there and you just edit the text box. You press whatever, and then you you pay your money, and then everything's updated. So it, it's yeah. it's really quite bizarre. But it's um, actually
1: worse than that. I went on, on to the second page, the games uh, with issues identified, not like critical critical issues, but okay. games like this um, issues identified already. There's 35 games on this list. Some of the big ones are Bloodborne. Dark Souls Ooh. 2 and 3. Ooh. Uh FIFA 17. Uh uh PlayStation VR Worlds, Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4, The Last of Us Remastered. That's a those yeah, are not those insignificant are, are games, games to PlayStation.
0: Yeah, especially like Bloodborne, Uncharted, Last of Us, those are quite big. Especially with something like Bloodborne where you might have been grinding or kind. dark souls yeah imagine uh, changing your psn of, name yeah and then souls losing some games.
1: progress in dark souls that you know that'll make people slip out
0: mm-hmm. so if you're playing bloodborne or dark souls finish them first and then change your name so. or
1: you know here's a wacky idea hold off on changing your name until they it's not a, a shit service
0: yeah yeah so um i'm guessing i'm guessing the games that aren't aren't in those two lists are just like fine they don't need to list 600 playstation games or whatever well
1: those are the only ones that the official playstation website has officially identified there might be more i mean this literally only started you know being in a mass uh user experience today i mean they uh, were allowing it in like some beta form for people that are running like some you know ahead uh um you know so because microsoft has like the insider program where you basically run the beta software and and do bug reports and things like that. And I know that mm-hmm. PlayStation has a variant of that. I just don't know what it's called.
0: I can't think of it either. So, um, it's not something that's prominently talked about or talked about very much. So, um, yeah, just uh, I think our advice is either don't change your name until they fix this or be very careful. So, um, yeah cuz cuz i'm still i'm still going on the assumption that if you change your name and then start a brand new game of god of war or something that there's no reason it should be affected but we don't know that for sure so um so don't go and do that and then blame me if it doesn't work that's just what i would personally assume so yeah um anything else you want to say about this like no <laughs> i
1: mean it it's one of those things that it's not going to make a lot of people jump ship but it's one of those things that Sony's just looks more incompetent when it comes to being an online gaming service, and mm-hmm. you know, image is not everything, but it's quite a lot. And this, even just the simple ability of changing your username, it does not make them look good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but for people that have been waiting like ten plus years that have got like quite ridiculous names that you made up in high school or wherever you were, mm-hmm. uh, this is probably for them as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just be careful. Make sure you don't lose your 30-hour your, your Bloodborne save or whatever. So we're not saying that's definitely going to happen. Just be careful. So uh, what else would you like to talk about today?
1: Well, on a slightly happier note, uh, the beta version for the newest update to the Windows 10 game bar got announced today. Uh, for those people that play on computers, uh, the window key and G brings up the game bar. That's where you can start streaming on Mixer if you're a Mixer user. Uh, they're adding some new functionality to that. Um the Game Bar already lets you broadcast screenshot and share captures to, you know, your social networking, so your your Facebook, Twitter, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing's that it's adding in is adding in voice chat to the stream, so that's always a cool thing. Um I don't know if this voice chat is part of officially Mixer or just part of the Game Bar. The article doesn't actually say. Uh, it, it, it integrates Spotify into the game bar, so if you are streaming, uh, you can sign in with the Spotify, with your Spotify account, and start streaming. It also does uh, uh, has a little thing for uh, control, so you know track forward, track back, you know skip things like that. Uh, and the third, and this is kind of a wacky thing they're adding, they're adding a meme generator to it
0: course uh, so. <laughs> yeah well yeah
1: i don't know uh you know if you're part of the eu i don't know whether they'll allow that or not so that's you know a whole nother subject that i have no knowledge about outside of just the basic stuff so yeah but still it's cool that they're you know making improvements to spotify i can absolutely see because so many of the streams that i you know flip on or check out there's always music going even if it's like you know somebody doing a game, there's almost always some kind of music going. Mm-hmm. Uh, memes, you know, you always get a, get a good chuckle. Voice chat is kind of the big thing. Um, see, since you know that can uh, essentially work as like a like a back end. Like, say you're doing uh, something online that's like a team based, um, and then you can like switch back and forth between your team audio and then like audio for people that are you know your friends in the in the specific uh, function of the, the voice chat. So like maybe you're running commentary or something like that, so
0: mm-hmm. I this might sound like a bit of a silly thing to say, but I'm gonna say it. Uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily relevant, but I'm still gonna say it. It's still kind of, it still it kinda of blows my mind when I see um I don't I I don't watch Twitch that much. I usually watch like gaming clips on YouTube or or watch, you know, uh Tyrone Magnus react to game rage stuff which I still find really funny. Uh, although he haven't he hasn't done a new video in a while, so um I'm hoping he does a new one soon. Um. Oh, it still kind of <laughs> blows my mind the fact that um some people can have like you know their their camera going their their stream of I've just used Fortnite for an example they so they're running Fortnite they got their camera in the in the top right bottom left or whatever corner they've they've got it in and then they'll have like a bit of music playing and they'll have it like dimmed down so they've got all that sort of controlled and then they'll have all these sort of um. Twitch donation stuff going on where it's got people making like different noise donation sounds and like text to donation and all that. It's it's kinda cool to see all of that sort of happen at once and see the streamer like be able to still concentrate and everything. Mm -hmm. Um that's that's I mean, I don't know. Whenever I see that it's still kinda crazy that you can you can do all that kind of stuff. Obviously you have to have a probably like an OBS uh, is it OBS, the, the program thing?
1: Yeah, OBS um, is the software program that most streamers use to do all those overlays and everything.
0: Yeah, so you probably have to have that set up with obviously some sort of PC setup. But uh, yeah, I always find that kind of cool. Uh, in terms of all this, I mean, it's cool to see technology uh, changing and doing different things. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we had Google come up with their Stadia thing. But um, yeah, I mean, more functionality for different like systems is always a, is always a good idea. Because um, like the fact that i mean you said about the whole voice chat thing being integrated in that i mean that's even pushed it forward to what you can do with the switch and stuff like that um it's always cool to see where you can do like voice control and where you can do like voice to text sort of speech if you know what i mean because i think you can do that on xbox uh, i'm not sure if you can do that on playstation i've never actually tried but, um, yeah, it's cool to see things sort of move forward and that, so... Um, I mean, this won't be something that I'll be using because I don't game on PC or anything. But uh, for those that want to use it, it's it's pretty cool. So, I mean, it's quite a larger, larger user base. Because if you go on Twitch and have a look around, the majority of the people that you're going to see have probably got some sort of PC set up um, when they're doing their streaming and stuff. So, um, I mean, if you're streaming on Switch, then you, you've definitely got a PC set up of, of some kind. Um, Or you're using a capture card or whatever. So, uh, anything else you want to say about this? No, I think we can move on. Cool. Uh, What else do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, Well, going back to a little bit of a downer over here in the States, the uh, Federal Trade Commission is going to be holding a public workshop in August to discuss loot boxes because, you know, this thing will never fucking die. Uh I mean, loot boxes, as we've talked about several times before in the podcast, uh, Belgium banned them altogether. The Netherlands has prohibited them from certain games. Uh, here in the States, uh, some states are, are looking at it on a regulatory level. Uh, according to the Engadget article that I've got, the summer workshop should help the FTC commissioners learn more about loot boxes and how they affect consumers. With the help of industry representatives, consumer advocates, trade associations, academics, and government officials. Uh, the agency is inviting the public to suggest topics and participants for the workshop, along with issues, uh, the issues it plans to explore during the discussion. Um, so on one hand, I'm kind of okay with this. I'm not a huge fan of government regulations, especially when it's them regulating the, something they clearly know nothing about. Right. But the fact that they're not just saying "boom, this is what it will be" is encouraging. Um, they're obviously bringing a lot of people in for info to get them up to speed on it. Uh, the the listing of people that is, uh, uh, I'm I'm guessing industry representatives is going to be people from the companies themselves, like EA, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and there's, I don't mind loot boxes if the game is free. Like Apex Legends, I'm sure makes a bunch of money in loot boxes, but you don't have to pay the game, you know, pay to get the game. And it really doesn't, you know, affect the game that much. That I'm okay with. Obviously, with the, uh, you know, Star Wars Battlefront 2 Fiasco, where it was all literally a pay to win.
0: Yeah. You, that, you buy know, guns and that sort of thing, star cards and whatever it was. So.
1: Yeah, whatever it was. And, yeah. you know, huge overreactions to things never result in anything good, and huge government regulations in reactions to things almost never result in anything good. Uh, the fact that they are taking this slow, because they did the initial announcement back in November, and it's April now, and the workshop is until August, so they're at least taking their time and trying to get their ducks in a row. Whether or not this... Um, is going to be a good thing or a bad thing we won't know for at least another year because it you know it takes that long because it's not till august when they're going to start it so any kind of real like changes in fcc policy is probably not going to kick into like october november something like that which unfortunately is going to put it right around christmas time so that could be an issue they might just punt it till after the new year so they don't come up with anything that could affect video games and the biggest video game selling quarter of the year mm-hmm. um but past that that's just one of those things that you gotta re- this is why i always say i hate politics but i have to follow politics because it affects so much of our lives yeah um and i i do i stand by my statement that 90 percent of politics politics is just noise made by idiots mm-hmm um, it's funny but... you mention
0: that because when they do the, I think it's called the House of Commons. Um, when they all agree and they, you can hear this like kind uh, of, kind of, because that's like the echo that they all make when they say yes or when they agree or something. So yeah, it's literally kind of people making noise in a room. Um, in terms of the all the government stuff and all that, I don't have much thoughts on that side of things, but. Uh, in terms of loot boxes, a lot of companies still have a lot of things to learn. Um, it's very important that it gets managed right in the in the future because it hasn't been managed correctly in the past. Because uh, 2018 was kind of the, the year of the loot boxes and when companies went a bit mad with it all. Um, I haven't noticed anything particularly bad this year, but I'm sure there's still some bad stuff happening that I just maybe haven't seen. Um, and after the whole Battlefront 2 fiasco with Belgium getting involved or whatever, whatever it was that happened over there... Uh, it is time to sort of step in in some kind of way and, uh, sort this out to whatever degree we can. So, um, that's all the kind of thoughts I I have on that. So, um, I mean, loot boxes haven't been in much that I've played. Obviously, there was no loot boxes in Metal Gear Solid because, well, they just didn't have them in the game. Uh, and it wasn't a thing back in 1998, really. Uh, I think it's yeah, that's when that game came out, I think. Um, but yeah, apart from that, that's all the sort of thoughts I have on that. Um... What else do you want to talk about today?
1: Uh, well, let's go to a little bit of a happier place. Uh, Rage Two, which is going to be coming out here fairly soon, uh, is doing an old throwback. Uh, this is from a uh, Windows Central uh, article. Uh, Rage Two is actually going to feature cheat codes. Mm. So if you remember back in the day, uh, um, you you know like on like an old GTA Three or something, you could do a weird combination of keys and get like a tank or infinite ammo or things like that. Yeah. Um, according to Rage 2 senior gameplay designer Pete Hastings, cheat codes have been an integral part of the game since the original Doom. We are proud to keep this tradition alive, plus they're just really funny. Hastings' favorite cheat makes exploding red barrels rain from the sky. Uh, some of the listed uh, uh, cheat codes so far is the Phoenix Rejector Seat, um, as opposed to the uh, Ejector Seat, which does what it says... Um, and ejects the player from the vehicle. The Rejector Seat leaves the player on the ground and puts the vehicle into the air, which is kind of fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Clegg's support, the infamous Clegg Clayton, which I'm guessing is a character from Reg 1, is spawned as a friendly companion. Uh, son of Thor. Uh, this cheat is uh, activated. The player becomes electric, electrocuting any enemies that gets too close. Hmm. There's the get good cheat, uh, which every enemy goes down in a single hit. And then the this is the cheat that I would automatically put on there. It's the he's on fire cheat, which the uh, legendary voice actor Tim Kritzkow, uh who does the uh, um, he's on fire from the NBA Jam series,
0: oh, he does
1: the what? he does all the voiceovers for that. You can actually see. They did like a one-minute clip of that that they released as uh, um, on April Fool's Day, not like as an April Fool's of haha we fooled you," but just as something wacky and funny to do on April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. So you can actually hear him doing, you know, in-game commentary for Rage Two, and he ends it with "why Why am I not in this game?" <laughs> and apparently, he is in the game.
0: Cool, nice. Yeah, um, I think the Rage Two will be. I I tend to not jump into games for like uh combo sort of fun in in the way of like uh is it dead rising the xbox exclusive it's not dead island is it it's dead dead rising the uh the xbox game where you're making combos and stuff um i tend not to be into that stuff quite so much especially like i guess more with zombie stuff because i like more of like a sort of serious story like a last of us or a walking dead type of thing uh so i just never really got into dead rising for those sorts of reasons but when we saw the last we saw of like <clears throat> Rage Two was I think around E three or, or near E three and I remember coming on the podcast and being like, Yeah, this looks like pretty fun this fun, this looks pretty cool. Um, for some reason it it sort of clicked with me a bit more, the way like you could Like, shoot all sorts of different things at people and make, like, combos in a way, but almost in a way where it looked like you had, like, powers, sort of. Like, with electricity and fire and all those sorts of things. Um, So I'm kind of excited for Rage 2 for those reasons. Um, And I'm not as concerned about story, which is unusual for me, because I I usually like to have at least a bit of a sense of guidance in, like, what's going on in the world and who's doing what. And to, like, a, a sort of minimum... Uh, Because, like, Far Cry New Dawn is kind of, and, like, Far Cry 5 in a way, and some of the other, like, um, Ubisoft games do have that sort of thing of, like, uh, you know, going in and shooting a bunch of people and having a bit of fun. But there is, like, story in there, like, you know, with the whole cult and Joseph Seed and all that sort of stuff. Um, So I'm still curious to see what the story necessarily is going to be with Rage 2, even if it's, like, a smaller story. But something about combining, you know, essentially powers with, like, gun shooting and all that sort of thing just just appeals so much more to me. So I'm uh, interested to see what they're going to do. Uh, and the game will actually be out before E3 because it's coming out May 24th, I think, or 25th. Uh, and E3 is obviously in June, so, um, yeah, it'll be cool to see what else they're, they're going to show us within, I guess, the next month or so. So um, what about you? What's your feelings for Rage 2?
1: Well, I never played the first Rage, um, mm, and it's I one of those think,
0: things that I don't think you'll need to. It doesn't sort of yeah, I, I like don't that. think
1: it'll be uh, yeah, seems like it's very story congruent on that. Right. Um, I mean, if it's ever like a free play weekend, I'll probably check it out. But you know, just like one of those things that you know, it, it never really struck me as something that I needed to play. But like I said several times before, if it's something that you like, really, really, really like, I'm never going to crap on you for it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, it's a game that you love, so you should always do what you love.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, kind of strangely excited for Rage 2, but we'll see uh, how it all comes out. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Well, unfortunately, we have Fallout 76 back in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really towing the line with just making people <laughs> not want to play the game anymore. Uh, so, the, the next big uh, patch update 8 came out today. I haven't had a chance to look at the specifics of it in terms of cost, uh, but they're introducing repair kits. Uh, there's two kinds of kits. There's the basic repair kit, which is a single-use consumable that immediately restores one of your items in your inventory to 100% condition. So long as you have a repair kit in your inventory, you can use it to fix up any piece of gear anytime mm-hmm. without spending crafting materials. Uh, The problem is is that you only get them by spending atoms in the Atomic Workshop. Uh, There's also the Improved Repair Kit, which is the repair kit, except it improves an item to 150% of its condition, uh, which is something that you can do. There are certain perk cards that if you happen to random luck out at, um, it allows you to repair items past the 100% so they can last longer. And a lot of the people that are still playing this game in the community are freaking the hell out, calling it a pay-to-win mechanic. Um, I personally don't know, just because this is one of those things that it falls into the category of why. I mean, I totally agree that their repair system is broken. Things break way too quick. I have still play the game on occasion, but I've like repaired an item to 100%, and it's an item that I use consistently, And, like, 20 minutes later, it's 100% broken again. Uh, And not even, like, 20% of constantly, like, you know, shoot, 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 shoot. It is, you know, maybe 200, like, attacks with a melee weapon, and the item is completely broken again. Like, Mm -hmm. not usable as an item broken. And that, you know, doesn't, you know, then I gotta, you know, fast travel back to my base, hope I have enough materials. If I don't, I gotta throw it in the in and you know, wait to collect more material so that I can repair it and bring it back out um, the only thing that really annoys me about this is that back in October with an interview with GameSpot uh, Pete Hines said that Fallout 76 would never be a case of playing better against others because I spent money and one of the pull quotes that they pulled from that interview it says that if you don't want to spend money in the atomic shop for cosmetic stuff you don't have to we give you a shit ton of atoms just for playing the game That is false. Uh, Folks that want to spend money on whatever the hell it is because they don't have enough atoms, they can. But it's not, I'm now better playing against other players because I spent money. It's not pay to win, and it's not loot crates. That kind of is the case, because the loot crates were originally going to be... With the perk cards, because every five levels, you get a perk card pack, and then you get a whole bunch of perk cards. Every time you level up from level 1 to level 50, uh, you pick a specific stat that you want to increase the point on, and then it'll give you a selection of cards for that specific stat that you can use. Every five levels, you get a pack of cards, and it just like it's a random collection of cards. And you can, you can obviously tell from the way the mechanic works, is that they were initially going to have that as something that you could buy multiple packs of, in the uh, Atomic Store like you can with, like, Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering or things like that to where you can buy booster packs. And then they retroed it out right before launch. Um, but I take great umbrance with this, the... we You earn a ton of shit. You earn a shit ton of atoms for just playing the game. No, you don't. I mean, if you look at the... Uh, the, the daily you know daily quests and weekly quests you can earn it but you don't earn them for just quote unquote playing the game you gotta specifically look up okay what is my daily what do I have to do to get that where do I have to go to get it it's actually a chore and that's one of the reasons why I quit playing World of Warcraft because I played that from pretty much launch till about halfway through the second uh, um, expansion. Just because there was too many daily things, and it was—it literally became a second job.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is obviously more tailored to you because you're playing the game and yeah. stuff. but But uh, uh, I—I don't know. I think that they should find a way to like slowly stop doing stuff on this game because it just sounds like a, a bit of a like not as bad of maybe as a mess as it was at launch because i saw gameplay of the game at launch and it didn't look like a very functional video game like at all really um i mean you could probably play it but it didn't look very functional but that was however many months ago but with things like elder scrolls 6 on the line uh, on the way and is it starlink or starfield 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 uh on and that's the, way. the
1: weird thing is that they've already said for e3 they're not showing uh um elder yeah, scroll doing, six and anything. they're not doing starfield so what the hell they're going to talk about nobody really knows um and you're right this is absolutely a case of you know two steps forward three steps back mm-hmm. and wow. when we get a chance um I, I got a couple more news things and i know you got some news things um i'll hop on line real quick and see what they actually cost in the uh in the atomic shop because the atomic shop is not cheap. There's some items that for whatever reason, but those are things that you would want to spend twenty dollars US of real money buying atoms just so that you could buy that one single cosmetic item. Mm-hmm. That is insane.
0: Yeah. I would I, regret- I mean I've already plugged the episode and this is my own podcast anyway, but I would say if you want more of my thoughts on issues like this in games like Fallout 76, then you really should check out the uh, Bad AAA video games episode. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Did you get a chance to listen to it?
1: Yeah, I I'm pretty much with like 80% on your side on everything so my only real issue is that you can never really tell you know, when people get to the point of this is a bad game but we gotta release it anyway because not too many studios can do a micro. Yeah, not too many studios can do a Microsoft and just say scale bound. Yeah, this ain't going to work. Done. Gone. Bye. Mm. Very few, very, very few studios can afford to actually do that. And so that's a good part of why we get bad games. So,
0: Cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, if you want more specifics on stuff like that, go and check out that episode. And it's only, that was one of my like shortish kind of episodes, so it won't take you too long to listen to. Um, and look out for a pop to at some point in the next week or so um mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be recording some stuff on monday and tuesday so that should be fun as well um all right i think we should move on what else would you like to talk about
1: uh well straight as, uh, you know as we get closer and closer to e3 and how crazy that the e3 is as close as it is uh the rumor mill ramps up and probably the most interesting one that i've seen is called ultimate xbox game pass mm. and it's basically just a combination of xbox live gold and xbox game pass Um, which I don't know if they ever did it in the UK. I know we talked about it, but very, very briefly over here in the US, they toyed with the rent to own for the Xbox console. And it was an Xbox One X. And it was something like $20 a month for two years. And you got gold and uh, um, Game Pass as part of the service. So if you're one of those people that, you know, can't shell out 500 bucks for a console, it was a really, really low cost.
0: Oh yeah, the monthly thing. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And plus, when you did the math of, you know, what two years of gold was and what two years of pass was, they weren't raking you over the cold. I mean, they were making a little bit more than if you were just buying everything straight up front, but it was very, very minimal. Mm -hmm. Um, And if this is something that they did in conjunction with, like, you can have gold if you don't want uh, game pass, or you can have game pass if you don't want, you know, gold for whatever reason, but, hey, we've got this combo. Um, And just depending on the pricing... Uh, the The rumor is is that it's going to be, uh, you know, fifteen dollars a month, which is about what you would pay if you bought a monthly uh, Xbox Gold anyway. And I think, uh, you know, Game Pass if you just bought it as a straight, you know, one month, it's ten dollars if it's not on sale. So just combining it, that would be twenty five bucks. And then if it's fifteen bucks a month, you know, you're saving ten bucks, so mm-hmm. that I mean, they're clearly having a lot of success with gold otherwise they wouldn't constantly be adding games i mean hell major nelson today on twitter announced six new games for the the games that with the game pass that are mm-hmm. coming this month and they're all big big titles the biggest one probably being somewhere between either monster hunter world and resident evil 5
0: yeah one of them which was a uh, game of the year nominee. so yeah yeah and the other one is a game I wouldn't re- recommend you play unless you want a lot of frustration, and that that is called Resident Evil Five.
1: <laughs> hey, people play Dark Souls what? like there's no tom- like there's no tomorrow. So yeah.
0: why did I finish Resident Evil Five? I want to go back and <laughs> find out why I finished that game. I why know, did the, starting with the statement? It, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, starting with the statement. Why did I? Is something you say more and more once you get older. But it doesn't usually revolve around video games. It usually revolves at other things. But right. yeah, you, that statement gets a lot more common the more older you get.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so was there a, a yeah the big Game Pass thing you talked about? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think is it Mike Yabara? Mike Yabara? One of the Yibara, yeah. Yeah, he's. He, I remember him talking on a few weeks ago on Twitter to somebody, uh, and he said it's it's been quite a success. So um, yeah, they're they're able to add more games to it and stuff, which is which is really really cool. Uh, and when exclusives do come out they uh, uh, will be added to, to there as well so that's pretty cool um, it's still not something I'm going to necessarily subscribe to unless like unless there's a Xbox game I, I like really want to play when it comes out um, so like maybe Ori or Gears or something um, and it's on maybe the sale for a dollar or two and maybe I've got all my rental slots filled out or maybe i don't have any games available or whatever uh then I'll, I'll maybe subscribe to game pass and stuff but it's not something i would keep for months and months and and play games because I, I basically have my own subscription and stuff uh for, for that sort of thing but for people that want like Netflix for games in a way but with the downloading option it's still a really good thing so um you got that to look forward to as well so mm-hmm. uh anything else you want to talk about today
1: Yeah, the last article that I found, and this is, you know, in my opinion, probably the hugest game announcement that doesn't actually involve a game easily in the last year, maybe in the last three. Um, uh, PewDiePie, obviously, whose real name is Felix Gilbert, uh, has signed an exclusive streaming deal on the live streaming platform DLive starting April 14th, although the financial details were not disclosed. Uh, It is one of the largest live streaming deals ever to be made, as as PewDiePie has nearly 94 million subscribers on YouTube and is estimated earning $15.5 million U.S. in 2018 alone. Uh, He has a video on his uh, YouTube channel, which he explains everything. Uh, I'll give you a quick pull quote. He says, I'm excited to start streaming, uh, live streaming again regularly. DLive is great for me because I'm treated like a real partner, just like all the other streamers on DLive's unique platform. Uh, he also said that on, if you are streaming on April 14th, uh, he will be donating between 10 and 50,000 Lino points, which is DLive's currency, to any creator who is streaming on the platform at that time. Uh, he stated part of the reason why he switched platforms uh, is because with YouTube and Twitch, they take upwards of 50% of the income from their implementation algorithm, uh, which decreases and restricts viability depending on the content. Uh, D-Live wants to be a different type of platform with its value-sharing uh, content economy system built on rewards that incentivize high value um, and incentivize he, high-value content. He's got a good uh, half-hour video on this, so I would highly recommend checking out if you've not streamed a lot but are thinking of getting into this. Um, just because, I mean, I stream on Mixer, but I do it randomly, and I also don't generate any income for it. Uh, because, um, I mean, even though I'm technically a pro, um, I this, the content that I stream doesn't tend to really be, you know, the kind of content that, you know, attracts viewers. I do it more just, you know, for my own edification than anything else. Yep. Uh, so, but, I, you know, I, I still do it um, because I like it. So, yep. but this is one of those things for the people that, you know, make their living as a streamer. I honestly didn't know that, that uh, Twitch and YouTube uh, took that much. That's actually kind of shocking.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either, and that's pretty surprising. So.
1: Yeah, and if he made, uh, if he's estimated at making, you know, almost sixteen million dollars a year, and they're taking upwards of half, that could be anywhere from like twenty to thirty-six
0: million. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. I yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot of money. Um, Who's the biggest like out of the streamers at the moment? You still got Ninja. He's still doing some cool stuff. You got. Uh, you've got I would Disrespect. definitely put. He's, uh, um, he's doing some big stuff.
1: Yeah, Doctor Disrespect is definitely a big one. I would probably put in terms of like fan favorites and fan interaction. I would definitely put uh, Ray Narvaez Jr., aka Brown Man, up there, uh, just because he had such an online presence before he became a streamer. He was one of the the main content creators and one of the main personalities for Rooster Teeth. Uh, And he did that from like 2012 to 20, like 2010ish. I'd have to look it up exactly, but somewhere like 2010ish to 2016ish before he wound up leaving the company.
0: Mm -hmm. Sorry, something turned on. Turn them back. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cat walked over the remote. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, Yeah, Yeah, uh, his streams always have several thousand people. On it, and uh, there's always giveaways that he's doing. There's always like major fan interaction that he's doing. So that's always a good thing. Um, Probably kind of in a niche market, but definitely popular is a a poker player who goes by uh, Jake Carver, which, as you know, is from uh, the uh, Uncharted series. Uh, His real name is Jason Somerville. Uh, he, He just plays poker live, but he's very, very good at monologuing. And talking, and then interacting with fans. Uh, He does, uh, you know, big poker tournaments, and he'll live stream that. And then when he gets on like a a serious run with the, um, because he streams out of Canada, because you can play poker online in Canada. You still really, not really, can't Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. I mean, you can kind of do it a little bit, but it's like a decimal fraction of what it used to be before they shut it all down. Yeah. But he'll get, you know, if he's, like, in a big tournament and he gets, you know, deep in the cash, he'll get ten, eleven thousand 11,000 people watching him at one time. Nice. And then some of the major poker pros that also do streaming, they'll co-host, like you can do on Twitch, and then you'll get upwards of, like, twenty-five, thirty thousand 30,000 people watching.
0: Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I mean, if this is on uh, April 14th, make sure you don't miss Game of Thrones or, or our podcast. So just, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a big
1: my- game, That's how you do it.
0: Yeah, yeah uh but yeah that's yeah only an hour in in that day so um cool uh yeah that's all i kind of wanted to talk about with that i suppose um but yeah if you're successful on twitch and stuff then good luck to you and all that sort of stuff uh is there anything else you want to talk about today uh
1: no i'm i'm getting into the atomic shop now i'm trying to see how much these repair kits are costing
0: okay i'm gonna go into Uh, uh my piece of news Uh, I did have the PSN name changes written down as well, but we uh, already discussed that. Uh, But let's talk about something that's a bit more in my wheelhouse, which is Crash Bandicoot. Um, Pushsquare.com has, uh, and they're quite a good PlayStation news site, so if you want to follow those guys, go ahead. Uh, I think the guy's name's Sammy or something from from Pushsquare. He says Crash Team Racing is coming back with what seems to be a bang on PlayStation 4. It is also going to be on Xbox One and Switch as well. Uh, with Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel due out on Sony's system later this year, uh, the title is set to include elements from both, uh, the original Crash Team Racing on PS1 and PS2 follow-up, Crash Nitro Kart, which I never played or saw or anything. Uh, I heard it wasn't very good, so, um, apart from the levels, he's talking more about the levels and stuff. Um, as such, Nitro Fueled has a mix of, uh, tracks and characters from the two previous titles, so it's both games put into one. um. But uh, which playable characters are not uh, actually are actually in Crash Team uh, Racing Natural Field. We've put uh, together this guide which they will be updating. Because obviously the game comes out in about two months. So they might still add some characters and whatnot. Uh, to list all the game's confirmed characters. So the ones that have been confirmed so far. Uh, which there is 15 characters. Uh, so the heroes, we've got four. Which is simply Crash Bandicoot himself. Coco Bandicoot, her or his sister rather. Um, Polar and Pura. Uh, so Polo is the uh, the little polar bear that Crash Bandicoot rides on uh, the the missions where all the, the levels we have to jump over stuff. And Pura, Pura is the uh, tiger that Coco rides on uh, when she's jumping over stuff. So they both have their sort of jump over things, missions. She's also got the um, jet ski ones, which a lot of people complained about uh, controls wise. But I never had any issues, surprisingly. But uh, I actually quite enjoyed those levels um so those are the four heroes um i'm assuming that uh what's his name U- Uka Uka is gonna because he's the uh the mask that protects crash bandicoot i'm assuming he's gonna be i think he's one of the, the power-ups that you get anyway he's uh, he is kind of his own character but he's always been used as um like a power-up obviously uh unless it's certain cutscenes, but that's as far as that goes uh, so, those are going to be those ones. Um, so, what that basically means is you will be able to ride a... Because, obviously, it's um, racing in a cart and stuff. Uh, so, you will be able to ride as Polo and as Pira uh, separately. So, they don't need... Because they're riding in the carts and not on each other for the the, uh, the travel and stuff. So, they're going to have their own carts to, to drive in. Uh, the villains, uh, which, gosh, he's got a lot of villains, Crash. Um, Doctor Neo Cortex Of course the main uh, crazy scientist One of two crazy scientists um, Tiny Tiger Who is of course the tiger that you, you fight against uh, Dingo Dal, He's the crocodile that's got like the flamethrower I think uh, Doctor Engine he's the other uh, kind of mad scientist Who's kind of Neo Cortex's Partner but they do try and screw each other over uh, Riparoo he's the uh, I don't know how you're describing Him in terms of his uh, Animal I can't quite remember um, but he's gonna be in it as well. Uh, Papu, Papu. He's kind of the um, they're basically just this big guy, and he's got this like thing which he hits Crash on the head with. Is some sort of like um, what do you call it? like a paddling thing? What would you call those? Like a rowing sort of thing for for when you paddle on on different canoes and stuff. He's kind of got one of those. An oar. Yeah, I think that's what they're called. He's kind of got one of those which he hits Crash with. I think that's what it is, anyway. Uh Pinstripe, he's the um I can't think of the animal that he is, but he's the gangster with the with the machine gun that you have to dodge. So uh yeah, we more, more fun stuff from that. Uh Kamado Joe, I can't recall who that is. Um Nitrous Oxide, she is the one of the other kind of mad scientists, but she's got more of the like bigger weapons and stuff like that. Uh, and it's got Crunch Bandicoot written down, but Fake Crash the other day was confirmed. If you don't know who Fake Crash is, um, in Japan they had this version of Crash Bandicoot which had like massive eyebrows and massive teeth. um, And he was going to be, I think, like the Japanese version of Crash or something. But they changed it and then they, they kept the character model uh, and he's just named as Fake Crash. If you go through the original trilogy, you can actually see him in the background of certain shots uh and there's certain achievements to where if you hit him with the uh the fruit bazooka you get uh trophies and stuff like that so not with i don't think you have to hit him in every single level just the ones that he's in or or something i can't quite remember um but i'm pretty sure that's who crunch Bandicoot is supposed to be uh unconfirmed characters from past crash games uh Dr. Entropy i think i've seen him be confirmed uh Penta Penguin um and then ones from Crash Nitro Kart is Entrance which I think they have been confirmed, and then some other characters I haven't actually heard of before. They might have been original. They might have actually been original characters for those games because I've not um, come across those before. Um, have you ever heard any of these names? I'm curious to see if you if you've heard of many of those characters.
1: No, but then again, I've never really played Crash Bandicoot, so I wouldn't have heard of them.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of like my I guess my descriptions of like this guy with a <laughs> machine gun and this sort of tiger and stuff
1: i mean it all sounds kind of wacky and i'm always a fan of wacky so mm-hmm.
0: yeah it, it's more on the obviously like uh it, it, in a way it's almost like the, the looney Tunes sort of wacky comedy type of stuff um where yeah got, i grew you know, up on that so yeah where you've got like tasmanian tiger and, and all those sorts of characters so um <clears throat> yeah i'm still looking forward to the game they have um also confirmed or listed some uh these like electronic, well not electronic suits, these like space type of suits that you can get. And I looked at them and I was just like, I'm not going to, I want the characters to look how they originally look. So any kind of costumes that they bring out, I'm not really going to be equipping. Plus the fact that you're on a cart and you're going to be focusing on where you're going. And most of the character will be covered by that. Because you're looking at the character from from behind and stuff. And they won't be getting out of the carts for much reason. Unless it's the, um, the winning stand thing at the end. So... Um, yeah, I'm excited to jump in and, and see what what's in there and see, um, yeah, do do some online racing and stuff, which obviously they, they didn't have before because it was a, you know, the PS1 game. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see what they come up with and everything and what maybe the trophies that they'll add because I don't think that they had those before. No, because those were PS3, weren't they, when trophies first, uh, came in. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be some fun. I don't know how long necessarily I'm going to play play the game for, but it'll be at least like a week at the least i would have thought to like jump in and, and have some fun and, and see so um yeah there was some like i don't know if it was april fall stuff because i think i saw it after but someone said about them adding all the spyro characters in now activision does own i think crash and spyro the ip um but that doesn't necessarily mean those characters are going to be in there it'd be kind of fun for like spyro fans to race against i guess crash fans in that in that sort of way but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But for me, I'm going to be basically picking Crash if I can. And then it will probably be one of the four heroes. And then maybe I'll play as Cortex if, if I feel like it. So, because um, I don't know. They haven't said, like, online if you can play as... Because you know, like, with Overwatch, you can't pick... Uh, If one if someone on your team picks Soldier 76, you can't play as him. You'll have to play as somebody else. I don't know if, like, you can have a whole team's worth of Crash Bandicoots driving around. I'm not sure what the, the rule is there. So... Uh, we shall see but that's uh the one thing i kind of wanted to talk about as well um the one other thing they get did get talked about is uh star wars the fallen order is going to be revealed i think they said on saturday um but obviously we'll have more to say on that next week so um any short thoughts on star wars the fallen order i just
1: just hope it doesn't have microtransactions yeah i'm really scared that it will though
0: mm-hmm um, I mean, supposed to be. I mean, you can still have microtransactions in uh, single-player games, but supposed, I, I mean, just just come out with the game, just tell a good story, just make the the fans that want, you know, in their a Star Wars narrative game. Uh, make those people happy and just try and just keep it simple. See if they can do that. So we'll see what happens on. I think they said Saturday. Uh, but we'll. Yeah, I'm like
1: ninety percent sure it's Saturday.
0: Yeah, but we'll come back obviously on Wednesday and discuss that as well. Also, next Wednesday is quite a big day because we'll have uh, our Game of Thrones, obviously, uh, preview episode. uh, Not the preview episode, the premiere episode, sorry. uh, Episode 1 review for for the final 8th season. Um, We'll have another Gaming Talk on Wednesday and it will also be my birthday. And I will be 25, so that will be an interesting day as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, I think that's all we've got for you this week. Thank you all very much for listening. You can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. If you would like to get in contact with any questions, comments, any of that sort of stuff. Uh, which I've just remembered that we do have a question. So I'm going to scroll down and answer that. Sorry for almost missing that. Haley says, uh, hey fellas, any big E3 predictions? Is there anything you think will be released on the day? Uh, but is there any um, new big news you can see being announced on the day? So any sort of small or I guess big early E3 predictions? Can you think of anything?
1: Well, we talked a little bit earlier about the combination of Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold. I could absolutely yeah. see that as a, uh, hey, look at this for E3 from Microsoft. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not, like, super souping or expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a disc-less uh, Xbox One X as an option uh, just because so many people are going digital with their... Uh, with their game purchases, I could definitely see that as an option. Um, obviously, Sony won't be there, Nintendo won't be there. Um, Bethesda, that one has me the most curious, just because, like we talked about really briefly earlier, uh, they've already confirmed there is going to be no Starfield at E3, there is going to be no uh, uh, Elder Scrolls 6 at E3, mm-hmm. uh, Rage 2 will be out by then. Yep. So I don't really know what they have to talk about.
0: Me neither. <laughs> so
1: uh, past that, I mean, we're gonna get, you know, pretty much we already expect. There's not gonna be that many new surprises. Now I will be ecstatic if I'm completely wrong on that, and we get something that just blows our doors off. Mm-hmm. I'm just am I'm I'm looking for like, you know, basic stuff. Microsoft will, you know, push more of their vision which um, I'm sure I'm sure. The only thing I'm absolutely sure about is there will be at least one jab by Microsoft about how unfunctional changing your PSN name is.
0: <laughs> Maybe it'll, yeah.
1: it'll either be really, really subtle or about as subtle as a fart and a lift, but uh, it's going to be one of the two. There's going to be no middle ground between it.
0: Mm-hmm. I've, I've got three predictions. I know you asked for one, but I've got three, so do with that what you will. Uh, New Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs Three, and Nintendo reveals Scalebound.
1: I would love a new uh, Splinter Cell. That would be so mm, awesome. Me too. Me too. I think Microsoft still has the IP to Scalebound, but we've already had other stories about some you know Microsoft functionality coming to the Switch.
0: Right, like Cupheads on the way. And uh, like so.
1: Cupheads on the way, things like that. So. If they think you know they can make it a good go and they want to sink the money into it, I've always said I'm not going to root for a game to fail. I did say that I didn't like Scalebound, but that was more the characters than anything else. Um, but if they want to give it a go and Microsoft's like, yeah, go ahead and I'll try, it. I'll I'll, it. I'll root for yeah. them. I won't <laughs> buy it because obviously I don't own a Switch,
0: right? But I will root for like oh, hell for be, them to actually succeed. My guess would be Switch and Xbox, but it's revealed at Nintendo's E3 direct Mm -hmm. Uh, and then later it's like yeah it's coming to xbox 2 or xbox as well not xbox 2 um i i'm one of the few people that really i loved watch dogs 2 i thought it was really quite a a great game like i yeah i i wanted to i it was one of the games where i i went back and i did side quest stuff which one of the only other games recently i did that was was um red dead redemption 2 so um there's rumors that Watch Dogs 3 will be set in London as well, that would be kind of cool, it doesn't matter to me where it's set, as long as it's got good gameplay and it's as good as as the second one, if not better uh, the first one did have some shortcomings but I do think that the second one massively improved and I, I enjoyed the hell out of that game, uh, Splinter Cell obviously I'd love that to, to happen and I almost tricked myself to thinking I was playing Splinter Cell and then something crazy happened and I re- remembered I was playing Metal Gear um, but yeah I, I think those would be three things that will, will happen, so We'll see what happens. Um, I think the first two more, The scale bound is the less likely of those three, but I think that you'll at least see... Uh, yeah, because those are both Ubisoft, aren't they? Watch Dogs mm-hmm. and um, Splinter Cell. So I think you'll see at least one of those happen. So um, if, if you were to guess specifically with those two, would would you think it would be? Watch Dogs 3 or uh, New Splinter Cell?
1: Um, the more likely is yeah. Watch Dogs 3 because mm-hmm. um, they've shown that franchise to have some amount of life. I more want a new Splinter Cell just because we haven't had a Splinter Cell in so long. Yeah. Um, But if I had to guess which one was more likely, it would definitely be uh, Watch Dogs 3. Mm
0: -hmm. I think what they could do, if they reveal Splinter Cell and Watch Dogs at E3, have one of them come out the end of this year, because remember we're not getting Assassin's Creed this year, have one come out you know, November, October, whatever, uh, of this year, and then um, Q1... Uh, 2020 for the other game, and then E3 2020 Assassin's Creed revealed, and then that comes out fall of 2020. Uh, and I'd actually quite like that because then they'd be nicely sort of separated as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's what they they might do. So, um, I've no other knowledge than like rumors and other things and speculative speculative stuff. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for your question, Haley. It was you know E3 not here tomorrow, but it's going to be here soon. It'll be here before before we know it. So. Um, I was almost about to predict something for Sony, but they're not going to be there. So no, nope. <laughs> we'll see what Sony decides to do. Uh, I'm curious to when the next state of the play state of play will be. Do you think it will be before E3? There'll
1: probably be one after E3, like a couple of weeks after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just hope they uh, it's a little bit more involved a little bit longer. Because, like I said before, that thing was like way too short. It was like tw- <laughs> and it was less than twenty minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah uh cool all right so that's what we got for you for this episode of random gaming talk thank you very much for listening of course like i said look out for game of thrones dc i almost said the walking dead because i've been too used to covering that but that's finished now but hey the see the season nine coverage is out there but look out for game of thrones as well uh because it'll be really really big for us it's already done quite well the podcast so that helps as well uh and obviously i'm going to keep promoting it until the show comes out and then i'll promote all the episodes when they come up so uh yeah that's that uh, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all of that content or search for entertainment talk on podcast services. Uh if you want to support the podcast, support entertainment talk, patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link if you're thinking of shopping on Amazon for something, which a lot of people do. Uh you can use our affiliate link, we'll get some more cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra iTunes feeds please rate, review and subscribe to those And if you'd like to rate a specific iTunes feed I would uh, recommend or I'd like you to go to the uh, the Game of Thrones one at the moment So uh, please choose that one as well uh, Word of mouth please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds uh, In terms of the options for supporting us It's both the, the, the f- one of the free ways and one of the easiest ways to support us So Because uh, if you don't want to mess about with iTunes or anything like that uh, You can just share the podcast on Facebook You can retweet them on Twitter put them in different groups simply tell your friends family people that you work with anybody anybody like that Uh, people on social media that you see talking about Game of Thrones because I'm sure someone's going to because people already are Uh, so that will help us out as well so please consider doing that as well Uh, yeah that's
1: going to be really difficult for me because I am caught up with Game of Thrones but I mm -hmm. don't have an HBO subscription and so avoiding spoilers for that is going to be so
0: damn difficult Hmm. yeah yeah. That'll be that'll be tough. So it's gonna be really rough. HBO should have a sale, really, if they, if they think about.
1: Uh, it. I mean, it's one of those things that there's there's a dozen ways to get it. I mean, I can always buy an individual episode on iTunes. I can always buy an individual episode on Amazon Prime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's just one of those things that, especially with something like Game of Thrones, when you really kind of need to see the whole season as a whole at once, I'm not a Fan of like watching an episode and then waiting, you know, just especially with Game of Thrones because it's so intense. Yeah, um, say that. with things. But my probably my favorite thing is all the gambling that's already started on Game of Thrones.
0: Well, like with Deathpool stuff, and well,
1: the I won't I won't say the the name of the app because it, you know with gambling it's never a thing. But there's a, a okay. pool, not a Death Pool that I entered, but it's a pool, and it's a Game of Thrones prop contest. And you pick twelve questions, and then you score points for each questions. Um, and it's simple things like uh, here's the here's the list. Um, will season eight premiere begin in the north or the south of the twins? Okay. Which is the first named character to be shown on screen? Uh, will Arya start kill anyone in the season eight premiere? That's an obvious yes. Um, how many flashbacks will there be in the season eight premiere? How many Dire Wolves will appear on screen during the Season 8 premiere? How many faces will Arya Stark wear over the course of the Season 8 premiere? How many Greyjoys will die in the premiere? How long into the premiere will it be before the first character drinks any form of liquid? <laughs> Out of these three characters, which will appear on
0: screen first? Cersei, Jamie, or Tyrion? Okay, so it's more like niche type of things.
1: So. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that it's it's prop betting. So when right. you know, uh, which of these characters will appear shirtless on screen first? John Snow, um, uh, Jon Snow, Grand, uh, Gendry, or Grey Worm? Uh, will Dario Naharis appear on screen at all during the premiere? Uh, will John Snow, Daenerys Targaryen, or the Night King be shown on the screen last? And then how many millions of Americans will watch the premiere?
0: A lot. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, I put in 21 million for my bet. That's
0: a pretty and good my, Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, it's a it's a free thing. So, you know, it cost me nothing to enter that prop contest. But still, it's – I mean, Vegas has odds on who will sit on the Iron Throne by the end of the season. <laughs> you know, you can gamble on pretty much anything. Yeah. But especially where you're at, where you're located at geographically. And the fact that you can gamble on TV shows that finished recording, like, months ago is hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go out there, go and check out our Game of Thrones Season 8 preview podcast. It's out there for you. And then, uh, yeah, look across next week when the episode starts. So it's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, but last thing, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert David play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, remember to watch Game of Thrones and then check out the podcast. Uh, And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.